tonight on Whiskey Waffle. Ted drinks some whiskey. Nick smells some whiskey. And Ted tells it like it is. Shut up, you pretentious hipster. That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I'm in cast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Whiskey Waffle podcast. 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 <laughs> a podcast where we verbalise verbosely. We pontificate purposefully. Or just generally crap on. About whiskey. Hi everyone, my name is Nick. And my name is Ted. And we are the founders of WhiskeyWaffle.com. And we are going to talk about random whiskey stuff. We're going we're gonna to sample a few drams, so feel free to pour yourself one. In fact, pour one of the ones that we're having. Indeed, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Um, and our very first section tonight is called... The Waffle. Tonight in The Waffle, we're going to talk about something that we get asked about quite often. Yeah, people want to know this because it's pretty complicated, apparently. What we're going to talk to you about is how to drink whiskey. How to drink whiskey. Hmm. Hmm. So how do we drink whiskey? Well, we thought we'd break it down into some pretty simple steps. And I'm going to begin proceedings by telling you about step one is to pick up your glass. Now, note... Make sure there is whiskey in the glass before you start. Very important step. Step number two. Place some of the whiskey inside your mouth. That's what it sounds like, apparently. Now, this is an easy step to begin with, but later on in the night, it gets a bit harder. Step number three. Drink the bloody whiskey. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, I mean, we can make it as complicated as we like, but that's that's really as much as it needs to be if that's what you want. Like... Just drink this stuff. Like, we're not going to be too offended about that. Okay, Nick. I think our listeners are pretty intelligent people. Well, I mean, that that's a big assumption, but you're probably right, yeah. Most well, of I, them. Look, I'm willing to go on average that they're, <laughs> they're fairly intelligent At least people. 50% of our listeners are intelligent. That's Thanks right. to all three of you who are listening. Yep, at least one and a half of you are intelligent. But I, I reckon that the listeners are probably capable of... Uh, Doing some advanced whiskey tasting. Ooh, advanced techniques. whiskey tasting. Whoa. Advanced Pushing whiskey tasting. Yeah, all right then. All right, then. Go. Okay, so the first the first bit's pretty easy. Like you've already done this before. Put some whiskey in your glass. Okay, yeah. Pouring it into a glass. Yeah. Yep. That, that's pretty important. Yep. I mean, it's, there's no good trying to do this without whiskey in the glass. True. Okay, so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to hold up the whiskey and we're going to admire it. It looks it looks like whiskey. It does. Check out that colour. Have a have a look at those nice legs. Oh yeah, those legs. So we're not talking about my legs, which are incredibly oh. sexy. If you <laughs> sorry, have not sorry, seen dude. them, uh, nice. we are talking about the legs in the glass. Now oh, that's yeah. that's those sort of streaks that appear on the side of the glass after you've given it a bit of a swell, and they are particularly attractive. Not quite on the same level as Ted's legs, but they're up there. A heavier whiskey will leave more streaks, whereas a lighter whiskey and slower will streaks, leave less. won't it? Yes. So, after we've admired the whiskey, mm. the next thing we're going to do is that we are going to take a big sniff. <laughs> but perhaps not that big. Oh. it Well, to be fair, Ted, it smells like whiskey. It does smell like whiskey. Although, to be fair, if you've never smelled whiskey before, then it could smell like anything. Yeah. So, we're going to smell that whiskey. We're going to have a bit of a think about the... F- so the flavours that we're smelling. Now, for humans, like smell is a major component of taste. If you don't have a sense of smell, then you're not going to have much of a sense of taste either. 
Which means that for all you anosmic people out there... Yeah, sorry. This shit probably isn't for you. <laughs> Not going to like it that much. Apologies. What about step three? Okay, so step three. Now we've had a little bit of a sniff. You've done this one before. I have faith in you. You can do this. Yep, got it. Put some whiskey in your mouth. Mm. But don't swallow it. Mm-hmm. Swell it around your mouth. Contemplate the flavours. Also, you sort of feel the texture of the whiskey. I mean, it's a funny thing to say, like, the texture of a liquid. It's, like, liquidy, isn't it? But it kind of does, too. Different whiskies will have a sort of different feel in your mouth. It, it tastes like whiskey. Okay, now you can swallow it. Thank you. Okay, the last thing that we're going to do, step four, is that you're going to think about what we call the finish of the whiskey. That's the sort of flavours we get left over after you've swallowed the whiskey down. So the whiskey evaporating off your tongue and off and out of your throat. Well, it tastes like sour plums. Oh, shut up, you pretentious hipster. <laughs> yeah, true. But, I mean, to be fair, whiskey can taste like whatever you taste. Like, just because Ted gets sour plums and, you know, I get sour plums, doesn't mean that someone else is going to get sour plums because that's our specific random tasting note of choice. Um, you might get something completely different. The whiskey. We're going to try a couple of different whiskies here, and we're going to have a, a short chat about them and, and about the flavors that we get and the importance of them. And we're starting out locally. Our first whiskey tonight is from a place called Bernie. <laughs> we may have mentioned in the last one, yeah. We are Bernie boys from a little tiny town on the northwest coast of Tasmania. Tasmania being that little country underneath the big island of Australia. Did I say country? I'm pretty sure I just called Tasmania country. We're not a country. We don't have have passports, whatever the mainlanders (laughs) say. But anyway, one of the interesting things about Bernie is that it has a distillery in it. It actually does. Our local distillery, Helly's Road. So Helly's Road was basically founded by a bunch of milk farmers. Yeah, the dairy farmers decided to diversify. So Helly's Road came from the Better Milk Company. Best milk in Tasmania. This is true. But um, dairy farmers deciding to make whiskey was a bit of a strange thing. And for a long time, they had all this whiskey and didn't know what to do with. The Helly's Road flavor is very unique. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, no, the Helly's Road flavor, I think, Ted and I, we could pick it. We could pick it in the crowd. The thing that we like to think about with the Helly's Road flavor is that it's buttery. The one we're trying tonight, which is the Helly's Road 12-year-old, is... Well, it's a perfect example of that. Now, some of the earlier Hellier's Road were a little bit rough around the edges, but the 12-year-old, well, that's where it's at. The thing with the Hellier's Road is that with a little bit of age, it just smooths off some of the rougher edges, and all of a sudden, you've got this dram which is which is some parts shortbread and other parts just sort of molten butter, but it's, it's lively, it's spicy. It's sitting at about 46%, this one, is it? Yep, pretty much, I think, 46.2%. 46.2, I think is absolutely correct, especially seeing as I can read the bottle from here. It says 46.2. Uh, this dram, this is the one that I would show people that have come to Bernie. I'd say, this is what Bernie whiskey tastes like. Try this stuff. It's great. And it's being exported all over the world now because unlike a lot of other Tassie distilleries, these guys, they have the product. Because they're such a big distillery, not sort of big, say, in traditional Scottish terms, but certainly well and away bigger than any other Tasmanian distillery, they have the product to be able to send to any market they choose. And I reckon there was a time that Mark Little, head distiller, was sitting around thinking, I've got all these barrels of whiskey, what am I going to do with it? Well, he's going to sell it these days because the market has just grown. 
And that is Hellu's Road, a really interesting one, but we've actually coupled it with something completely different today, something so different from Tasmania Whiskey. What is that one, Ted? I have no idea. Nah, shame. That's a disappointing fact. Um, it's one of the ones that you brought, though. Oh, is it one of the ones that I brought? Yes. Is it the... Is it the scapper? It is the scapper. We're going to okay. try some scapper okay. tonight. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, we're going to try some scapper, which Ted has brought along to try tonight. So I'll get him to pour some drams. Hey. I'm pretty sure we could fill up an entire episode talking about scapper 16 because there's so much to say. Crickets. Chirp, 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 chirp. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's, it's, there's something special about this. We love Peter Whiskey. We love coastal whiskey. We love island whiskey. And yet, Scapa doesn't taste like any of those things. So Scapa is from the Isle of Orkney, which mm. is up to the far north of Scotland. Far, you, far north. Viking land. Viking land, indeed. You, you sort of swim off the northern edge of Scotland and sort of paddle along for a bit, and then you hit Orkney. Now, Orkney is also home to another distillery, which is Highland Park. Which we also love. Which we also love, but it's a very different whiskey to so Scapa. They're actually at opposite ends of the beach to each other. But they're so different in flavour. Yeah, who'd have thunk that they came from within a few kilometres of each other? But they do. And the world is richer for both of these distilleries existing. And Scapa, it's it's one of the more special Scottish drams that we'll try. And this one, the Scapa 16, it's phenomenal. Scapa is smooth. Mm. Very smooth. Smooth, elegant, rounded silken easy to drink and yet complex it's lightly honeyed a bit of caramel mm. like if there's smoke it's not in there. sweet though yeah it's not sweet it's not sickly it's it's quite it's very drinkable and it's probably one of the best examples of the diversity of whiskey mm. comparing it to that highland park but comparing it to even old putney which is probably one of the closer distilleries on the mainland it's just so different and this is one of the more elegant scottish whiskies that you're ever going to come across the unfortunate thing is you won't find it anymore at least the uh scapper 16 yeah they've joined the nas craze it's a thing we'll have to talk about in a later podcast i think so a little anecdote i was in scotland a couple of years ago and someone mentioned to me while i was over there that oh they don't actually make the scapper 16 year old anymore they're making this other version of it and ted was like what i was like what what the thing was I knew for a fact that there were a couple of bottles of it sitting in my local bottle shop at home. So I rang my mum and <laughs> said to her, Mother, Mother, Mother dearest, dearest, can you just smash down to the local bottle shop and buy these two bottles of whiskey? Because I ain't going to ever see that stuff again if you don't go down right <laughs> now and get it. And she said, all right. That was a good, good impression of your mother. Sorry yeah. to apologize. Yes. Thanks, Catherine. Um, and so, yeah, I have... Well, we're currently drinking one of them, but I still have an unopened bottle of mm. Scapa 16. If anyone wants to buy it off me, that will be uh, $10,000. <laughs> so so the thing is, Ted, we've drunk some Hellier's Road tonight. We've drunk some Scapa 16. Are you sure they're the same drink? Well, tasting them, you wouldn't think so. Surely not. Surely not. Surely not. The Hellier's Road, is, it's lively, and the Scapa is very smooth, very refreshing. Find very unique. Bum, bum, Shut bum. up. <laughs> Scapa is a lady from the 1920s with a sort of a, a short bob wearing silk dress and looking very sort of languid and luxurious. 
the Hellies Road is probably the the pick of the girls dancing at the local club in 2017. The one that you've got your eye on, who is young and free and and exciting, and yet. Both of these people are women. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What were you? Where were you going to go with that? I have no idea. I was just, <laughs> I was just, I was just sort of thinking about the the, the silkiness of the. I was, I was the loving silk. the comparison. I just felt a little bit, uh, <laughs> you little know, bit overwhelmed when I had to pick that up. <laughs> well, I think it's time for a bit of silliness. Whiskey, would you rather? In Whiskey Would You Rather, one waffler will pose the other an impossible question, one that they will struggle to answer. It's a fun game. You can play along with this one at home. Feel free to let us know your answer to this question on Twitter, at Whiskey Waffle, or whatever social media you would like. Just look us up using the words whiskey and waffle. Okay. Okay, would you rather only ever drink peated whiskey or never ever drink peated whiskey? Oh, <laughs> that is hard. That's what she said. Look, Peter Whiskey is freaking phenomenal. Oh, but yeah. at the end of the day, I don't think I could drink it all the time, every time I had whiskey. Like, if I was wanting to have a few drinks a night, like, all Peter Whiskey would probably just get too much in the end. Mm-hmm. I think that I would have to plump for never drink peated whiskey. <laughs> is that painful to say? It is intensely <laughs> painful to say, but I think I would be able to drink more whiskey by not drinking peated whiskey than by only drinking peated whiskey. Yeah. I- I'm with you too, which which does break my heart slightly, but there are some excellent Tasmanian drops, which are certainly not peated, that you would never get to experience if you were only on the peat train. Yeah, I think there's more non-peated whiskey in the world than there is peated. True. And so, yeah, it's a pretty small gene pool to choose from. Does that does that exclude blends, then, that have, like, a teeny tiny amount of peated whiskey? There's no more Johnny Walker Black Label for you, Ted. Yeah, no. Well, I'm not hugely disappointed by that, but yeah. anyway... Yeah, but no, I know what you mean. It's it is. You're right when you say it's a slightly smaller gene pool. If you're only ever drinking whiskey that is peated, it's like it's a bit like marrying your cousin. But when your cousin's really hot, <laughs> I don't know if I can upload that. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, you know what? No, I think it's time to answer some of our fan mail. Oh, we've got some we've got some people writing into us. We need a name for this section. Got a name? I think we should call it the Spirit Sack. From the spirit sack. Okay, I'm grabbing a letter out from the spirit sack. Yeah, because everyone writes letters these days. <laughs> you know the funniest thing? Ted's grabbing out the inverted commas letter, close inverted commas, but I'm the one that has the, um, the email with me. But if you would like to um, get your own question in on Whiskey Waffle from the Spirit Sack, feel free to write to us at Whiskey Waffle on Twitter or on email, whiskeywaffle at gmail.com. Here is our message from our eager listener, Pat. Pat says, Mate, hypothetically, if you were to open a small whiskey bar, how much would you need to spend to get it going? Aside from leasing a place and all that, what's a rough figure you'd spend on whiskey? Thanks, Pat, very much for writing into us today because who hasn't had dreams of opening a whiskey bar, really? Like, it's a dream, isn't it? Apart from the late opening hours and the, the rowdy customers and the people complaining, you don't have a beer. It's a great idea. I don't know. I think, I think the, the whiskey crowd is a very refined bunch. Pat asks, 
what would what would he have to spend? And that's that's tricky because before you have to work out what you're going to spend, you have to work out what are you going to have in your whiskey bar. Ted, name me a couple of drams that you could not do without in your whiskey bar. We would probably need some Balvenie 12 and some Lagavulin 16. Start with the favourites. I personally would put in both the Glenfiddich 12, 15 and 18. Yeah, a good selection of Glenfiddichs is probably a thing. I think we should also remember that we're probably going to need those bottles that sort of sit just behind the bar. Not the ones that are up on the shelf, just yep. the ones that are like hidden down yeah, behind true. the bar. So monkey gonna, shoulder. Yeah, monkey shoulder is definite. Now, we're hypothetically talking about our bar here. Yeah. Screw Pat's bar. Get over it, Pat. Yeah, get over it, Pat. But this is our bar now. Look at me. I am the bar now. <laughs> we're probably going to need some Johnny Walker of some sort because some tosser is probably going to walk in and ask for some Johnny Walker and Coke. In which case, we're going to have double black. That's the way to go. It is. It's not much more expensive than black and it is far better. It's superior. You actually get some of the smoke in there. We don't mind serving it and we also would not be offended to mix it. I think we'll probably need some some sort of funky, interesting things as well. This Maybe some independently aged whiskies. Yeah, some compass box perhaps. Gordon McPhail. Yeah, something like that. We also need something from Isla. Possibly several things. Well, so we've already said the uh, Love Will and 16. But we'll get some, probably some of the Frog and some Beg as well. Yeah. And let's let's hit some other islands as well, because we'd have some Talisker 10, and we'd have some Highland Park 12. Yep. What about the juicy Speyside sector? Where would you get from that? Is there, is there a Macallan that is worthy for a bar? Well, the hard thing about McKellen is they've got so much special additions. They keep, they keep mixing it up, don't they? I Look, I would almost say an Anok 12. Anok 12 for a, for a easy-drinking bourbon matured. And screw McKellen. Let's just get some Glendronic in there. Yeah, Glendronic 12. Maybe some Abelara if you really want some, some rougher space side. But Sherry. Yeah. Look, okay, so a complete novice walks in. They're, they're a bit unsure. They don't think they'd like anything too strong. But they also don't want to blend. They're after a... a uh, they want single malt. They want a single malt. But they also want a cheap single malt. Mm. What do you give them, Nick? Uh, what do I give them? Well, I give them an Ockentoshin. Well, yeah, Ockentoshin. I was thinking a Glen Murray. Yeah, yeah, true. You've got to have a Glen Murray in there as well. Okay, some some dickhead's going to walk in wanting some bourbon. What uh, are we going to give them? We've got to have some bourbon and... We're still going to have some Jim Beam and some Jack Daniels okay, in that, in that section in just behind the bar to appease the hoi polloi. Yeah, but I'm also going to have Buffalo Trace. I've just... I've got to have Buffalo Trace. It's bourbon and yet it's more acceptable. What about Book of Nose? Book of Nose? I've forgotten. Yeah, so, so have I. <laughs> We've both forgotten our Book of Nose experience. It was far too strong. This is, this is a fancy whiskey bar. We need some Japanese whiskey in there. Yeah, Japanese whiskey. Now, that's going to set us back a little bit, but it's also we're also going to be able to sell it at a nice markup too. Probably should have some Yamazaki in there. Yeah, Yamazaki distillers and some Hakshu distillers. Yeah, but yeah. the most popular one, I guarantee, is going to be the Nika by the Barrel. Um, let's go to our own home country, though, Australia. Starwood, Starwood, yeah, Star, Starwood is definitely a good one to have on the uh, shelf because people can afford it. If you want a twelve dollar dram, come and buy some Starwood from us at a hypothetical whiskey bar. But then people are also going to want to experience some of the sort of high end of the uh, Australian whiskey scene. Well, I mean, when we say the high end of the Australian whiskey yeah. scene, we actually mean, mean the Tasmanian Tasmanian whiskey scene. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. some Sullivan's Cove is going on the bar. Yeah. Not not barrel. Uh, Hh five two five. Yeah. yeah. That was Sorry. a winner. We can't afford that one. Sorry. Hypothetical punters. Yeah, but a, a different one. Yeah, 
it, it's worth having the double cask up there. Probably also some Lark. Like, Lark is the Lark founder is the of history. Tasmanian Whiskey. Yeah. I'd love to have some Overeem there because I love Overeem. It's not going to be cheap, though. Sorry, people. Overeem is not going to be cheap. Yeah. For those who are feeling a bit more cheap when they want to drink some Tasmanian Whiskey, we'll get a bottle of Helly's Road up yeah, there and, as well. And there's nothing wrong with that because we, as Bernie boys, will spruik the crap out of that Helly's Road. But maybe we should do something crazy. Let's go to India. To India? Yeah, because they drink whiskey too. In fact, they make whiskey. They make whiskey as well. well. Most, wow. of it, most of it isn't technically whiskey, but there are some good brands. Ah, uh, like Amrut. Amrut, definitely. The Fusion's not bad, but my favourite's probably the Paul John. The, the Paul John, pro- John Paul, did I say it right? Paul John. Yeah. Paul John. John Paul's the Pope, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there's, there's a few Paul Johns. There is a good selection of Paul Johns that we could have. What about Irish whiskey, though? Uh, we haven't got any Irish. We don't have any Irish whiskey. What do you whiskey? go for? Well, just I go mean... for Jamos, or...? Well, there is... Of course, of course you should probably have some Jamos in there. Yeah, Jamison's the, the standard. Um, but, I mean, we like to step things up a bit, so maybe some Green Spot. Green yeah. Spot is, is fantastic. Um, but maybe we play it safe and go for some Bushmills. So, in conclusion, Pat, you're going to spend a whole lot of money. Quite a lot. Like, you, I mean, you could just have one bottle behind the bar. You can call it a whiskey bar with one bottle, as long as you have plenty of that stock. But it's not going to be the most popular one. So I'd recommend you could get you could get a decent range of what we talked about with two grand, couldn't you, Ted? Maybe three grand. We're talking Australian here, people. Sorry, Americans, UK people. Um, whatever 3000 Australian dollars translates to in your language... Yeah, but I think I think Pat, if you if you had a good four thousand dollars to spend, you would get a decent selection. Three thousand dollars would get you a basic selection. So that's thank you to Pat from Coffs Harbour. Yeah, thank you very much for writing in with that one. We um would love to hear from you guys. Write to us at, on Twitter at Whiskey Waffle or via email whiskeywaffle at gmail dot com or even at Facebook. Keep, Keep on, on waffling. waffling. Good, good night. night. Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. Shut up, you pretentious hipster. (laughs) Yeah, true.